Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowe, and myself continue our discussion on the first petition of the Lord's Prayer. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bowe, and I'm joined today by my frenemies, friends. <laughs> <laughs> the, the nefarious Pastor Jason yes. Goodham. <laughs> nefarious. Just the wonky Brian Ricky. I don't know. <laughs> I like, Love you guys. Who's, yeah. who's that villain on all the old Hanna-Barbera uh, With the cartoons? twirling mustache. Yeah, with the twirling yeah. mustache, the Dirk Dastardly or whatever his name was, yeah. <laughs> That's probably me. Oh, yes. I think I'm more like Dora. I'm the swiper. I'm, swiper, no yeah, swiping. Yeah, that's me. So. <laughs> and the snow is even coming down even more so than yes. last episode. I just got yes. a notification on my phone that we are in a winter storm warning. Okay. Woo-hoo! So we're going to be hanging out here for a while? <laughs> we're just we have up. lots of provisions in the fridge. We can do that. <laughs> yes. You, know, you guys want to stay and get snowed so in with me? After recording, you and I, Brett, both have to go to the south half of the city yeah, right. Right? for a doctor's yes. appointment and you back home. So this yep. is going to be I'm currently on my, rush hour. on my sabbatical, so I have two weeks of no obligations oh, other than fun. this. This is my only obligation for the next two weeks. Wow. Did you just start or in the middle? Yeah, Monday. I started Monday okay. after Easter. And just, well, congratulations. That's, oh, that's awesome. Uh, it is. You look relaxed and refreshed. Mm-hmm. I am. Already. I'm in my sweats and we're just hanging out and we're just <laughs> talking about great theology and yeah. the Lord's Prayer. Yes. Hey, well, hey. look at that segue. Way well to done. get into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we started talking about the Lord's Prayer last episode. And uh, today, or this episode, we are going to get into the first petition. And I think to start, I think I'm just going to go ahead and read it for us, and then we can uh, riff on that a little. So, uh, first petition. Uh, What is the first petition? Hallowed be thy name. What does this mean? God's name is indeed holy in itself. But we pray in this petition that it may become holy among us also. How is this done? When the word of God is taught in its truth and purity, and we as the children of God also lead holy lives in accordance with it. To this end, help us, dear Father in heaven. But anyone who teaches and lives other than by what God's word teaches profanes the name of God among us. From this preserve us, Heavenly Father. Amen. 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 All right. Love that confession. Yeah, good stuff. The first thing that is blown away or obliterated by the first petition of the Lord's Prayer mm-hmm. is this polarizing notion that godly life and good doctrine are opposites. They, they mm-hmm. go hand in hand. This is about good doctrine and yeah. godly living, yeah. hand yep. in hand. That's and the good. two ought not to be separated. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's awesome that you, you noticed that right away. Um, and especially as we start talking about prayer, and even last episode we did this a little bit, we jump, almost jumped right into what we ask God for, yep. and the first petition has a way of slowing us down and mm-hmm. uh, reorienting, reorienting us to who God is as we approach him. Well, and who God is, and it's still a petition. Mm-hmm. We are asking for God to be who he is. Yeah. And boy, if there isn't any more comforting, solid prayer request than that, is it's God, not like God I is going to say, be holy. Eh, no, I, I don't think not. so. <laughs> yes. yeah. No, he's always holy yeah. and, and we're comforted by that. But again, the, the strategic placement in, in reordering the catechism mm-hmm. that Luther did is that because of Christ, God's holiness 
is for us. Mm-hmm. It's no longer bad news. Uh, remember in the Ten Commandments, under the law, God's holiness is the standard, and it is bad news for us. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're never going to live up to that standard. And then Christ comes in the gospel, and God's holiness is for us. It's for our benefit. It's as our guide. It's a gift to us that God is holy. And that's mind-blowing. I don't think people yeah. spend nearly enough time thinking about that. No, especially when, you know, I know that there's a tendency to think negatively about examining the depth of our sin and the magnitude mm-hmm. of our sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we don't want to stay there. But one thing for me that really, can, that it's helpful to me is as I see more and more clearly as I get older and more honest about this, is seeing the magnitude of my sin, it just explodes <laughs> the holiness of God. And mm-hmm. it just expands his gracious, loving kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. And I think that the more we're willing to see the depravity of our own sinful nature, mm-hmm. the more extraordinary... God's holiness becomes, mm-hmm. you know, and I think there's a beauty in that. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, there's a beauty in God's holiness. It it heart it starts to help you appreciate uh, natural law. Mm-hmm. We see the beauty in God's holiness in ordered creation, but then again, it's one thing we we've emphasized. We need to continue emphasizing mm-hmm. that God's holiness. And his justice are wrapped up in the gospel. Mm-hmm. The death of Christ, his resurrection, work of the Holy Spirit in our lives yeah. are, are manifestations or extensions or, or building off of God's holiness. Mm-hmm. So that it's not God working contrary to his holiness to forgive our sins. It's God working in his holiness to forgive our sins. And mm-hmm. that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me ask you guys this. Have you, have you found it difficult to define the word holy with people you've talked to or or your church people or how or maybe how have you gone about that i i where i've always stayed with that is that at its core definition the word in scripture means to be set apart mm-hmm. and i think it it helps to stay as close to home with that as possible uh so when we're talking about god's holiness uh is that God is set apart and is something holy. That's W H O L L Y. Doesn't come off in voice as well. It doesn't. Bring, right. But God is otherly, utterly, and otherly. He's just something different than us. He's set apart. Yeah. That. Yeah. You know, and it's the message. Really, a, a great place to study the holiness of God is the passages in Psalms and Isaiah that talk about the foolishness of idolatry. Mm-hmm. Where, where God is a God and the only God and the only true God, what are the other gods? Well, they're, you know, it's the Isaiah 44, um, where you take a log, you take a piece of yeah. wood, you split it in two. From one half, you, great carve irony. This, yeah, yeah. You, you carve out this this God, say, hey, feed us. And the, the other half of the wood, you throw it in the fire and you cook a meal over it. Mm-hmm. That kind of ridiculousness. Is, is, is God is so holy, there's no other parallel to him. Mm-hmm. I use the word other and you kind yeah. of touched yeah, on that and because for, it's we can only understand things from our own mm-hmm. perspective and from our own human mm-hmm. interaction and our our context of how we grew up and what kind of family we had. And so the word other is really good for me because it's other than what we're used to. It's other mm-hmm. than anything we've ever encountered before. It's other in the, in the perfect sense mm-hmm. of holiness. It's, it's other in the perfect sense of righteousness, mm-hmm. and we don't have that idea really at all. It's so foreign to us that the word "other" seems to be really 
useful uh, in my ministry mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. preaching, talking about God's holiness. Yeah. That it is good. other. Yeah, good. Well, and just the idea of being set apart. I mean, you look at it though the the ceremonial laws and, and the moral laws and the civil laws of the Israelites in the Old Testament, as expressed in Leviticus and Deuteronomy and other places, were for holiness because the nation of Israel, as the people of God, were set apart from the other nations. They were not to be like the other nations. Mm-hmm. They were mm-hmm. to be something other. Mm-hmm. And it's God is other to the nth degree. And yeah. It brings us back to being image bearers of God, yeah. being, yep. being right. image bearers of that other. Well, right. If you meditate on the holiness of God, this is where the gospel really starts to blow your mind. You have this holy other God <laughs> puts on human flesh and becomes our brother. Yeah, right. You know, that sort of thing. This holy other God sacrifices himself in our place to be reconciled with us. Yep. That I mean, just expressions of the holiness of God as gospel expressions, then you're really mm-hmm. starting to get impacted by those images. I know. If you mm-hmm. st- and when you start to think that way, the other side of that starts to melt away, where the other side of that type of thinking is like, well, why is God so intolerant that he only provided one way? Well, the fact that he even provided a way is a yeah, miraculous right. in and of itself. But if you do that, if you allow yourself to kind of only base your your ideas about God from your own context, and you don't allow Scripture through the Holy Spirit to transform your thinking, to see more clearly, we'll never see completely, but more clearly, the otherness of, of God, which I don't know if that's a word or not, but there's a hyphen <laughs> in there, then it, it's, it's amazing how, how selflessness becomes a part of your life through the Holy Spirit and God's grace yeah. than selfishness. Right. Know? Yeah, and that, that's where this, this begins to change us is, is the gospel comes into our lives, um, and as God's holiness starts to become part of our lives too, it, like, it, like it says here uh, that we, that it may become holy among us as well. Um, We start to change how we talk or think and interact with God uh, based on who he is as he comes to us. And and this is why I think Christians should be really sensitive to these, to the OMG issue. I know Mm -hmm. a lot of times we make light of that because, you know, again, the second commandment isn't just avoiding saying OMG, Mm -hmm. but we should be actively and fiercely protective of God's name, mm-hmm. but we should also be living the life that reflects that holiness. That's yeah. what this is. It's, it's in word and deed. Mm-hmm. And you think about the, why Christians are considered hypocrites in society, in society it's because the, the, the things that define the church over the last you know, decades and, and centuries are the major moral failures of Christians in the world around us. You know, when, when a pastor has an affair, you know, a televangelist that, that reflects poorly on God's name, that God's name being profaned among the nations. Mm-hmm. And, and what's so interesting here is that whole phrase, God's name is indeed holy in itself, but we pray that it may be holy among us. Mm-hmm. On the one hand, the American church has to get the idea that we're not electing God to holiness. He is already holy. This is that whole thing with Jesus might be your savior, you need but he's not him. your Lord. Yeah. Have you made him? We don't make Jesus mm-hmm. our Lord. We don't make God holy. 
He's already holy, and, and we would do well to recognize that in our worship practices and in our prayer life and our everyday lives. But that's also the content of our confession to the world around us, is that we don't, you know, trifle with the things of God. And, and you know, it's there's always exceptions, there's always give and take, there's always pull, but that's why for Luther, it came back to right doctrine expressed in right living. You know, and, and not living in the exceptions and not talking about, you know, the, the ethical periphery. Is, but if we confess the truth of the gospel, mm-hmm. if we rightly divide law and gospel, and we act as if that matters to us, mm-hmm. God's name is holy. That's what it looks like. That's how God's name is hallowed. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's kind of the next part there. How How is this done? And you're beginning to touch on that a little bit of you know, teaching the word of God, uh, when the word of God is taught in truth and purity, um, thinking about how it, it begins to be fleshed out uh, among us. Yeah. And, and you know, as me beating my, my drum in, in the broken record, God's name being kept holy mm-hmm. shows up in Christian lives as assurance of salvation. Is this, is, is it, vocation is that what you're talking about it's vo- it's lived out in vocation yeah but you know i will say <laughs> two points two parts of the christian life assurance of salvation and vocation assurance of salvation and vocation god's name is kept holy yeah. when there's assurance of salvation amen to that mm-hmm. well and then there's this desire to because it it moves from that have to mentality to the i want to mm-hmm. it, we move into that that bridegroom analogy where we long to get to know the bridegroom as the bride, and we we want the Lord to transform us from the inside out because we we want to worship mm-hmm. Him because we, we have want that to fall assurance. in love with Him, and it's yep. it's really about falling in love with this great God mm-hmm. well, who the, has saved us. And the amazing thing to build on that is then even when we don't feel like it, God's name's still holy, mm-hmm. so we still we we still realize that and act in that way. And so, you know, on the gospel filled days. It, it becomes a matter of the heart and yeah. a matter of want to. But then on days, and, and this is, I think is where we have to caution in the American church again, is that something is only worth doing when it's from the heart, you know? Yeah. No, we still do it anyway. Well, you know? <laughs> to me, biblical love isn't just emotionalism. The more you get to know someone, the more you're convinced. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, say my wife does something that seems to me that is intentionally hurtful, but because I know her, I am convinced and I, I can actually make the choice to think, oh, no, she couldn't have done this on purpose. She must have done this inadvertently. There's there's a conviction that begins to cement. And so for me, when I say fall in love with God, I'm not talking about just emotionalism mm-hmm. or the goosebumps that we feel. It's talking about the conviction that we know that God is who he is because of what Scripture reveals to us. It's, you know, maybe you'd put it a little bit more crassly. It's learning to give God the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. It, we, I just finished preaching. We just wrapped up Lent and Easter, and our last penitential psalm was fall, uh, Psalm 143. And it's, it's probably one of the least well-known of those psalms. But right in the middle, in, in repenting and in turning to God to repentance, David writes in Psalm 143, I've meditated on your works. Mm-hmm. And it's this thing is, who do we expect God to be? Who has God revealed himself to be? Well, the answer, according to the Lord's prayer in scripture, is holy. 
We expect God to be holy. Now, there's law gospel implications to that. The law, that should terrify us Mm -hmm. because he's not going to sweep our sin under the rug or ignore it. He's going to deal with our sin. The gospel implications of God holiness is that he's dealt with our sin in a way that saves us, that cleanses us from sin, also part of God's holiness. And, And so we keep his name holy because it's just something different than common everyday mundane activity, what we're used to. Hmm. That was a conversation <laughs> stopper, apparently. Huh? So, Bam, drop the mic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Walk away, end credits. You know, you know, it's, I think the real thing we ought to explore, and Luther does a marvelous job of this, is why, if God's name is already holy, are we so concerned about it? Just let it be, Right. Why should Christians be so concerned about God's name? Well, isn't it because of the life keeps on living? We keep living life and there are countless opportunities where God's name could be hallowed or it could be unhallowed. What's that? What's the opposite? Blasphemed. Blasphemed, yeah. Yeah. Unhallowed. Unhallowed, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Well, there's part of that. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you know, you you look at, I think you could logically convince yourself, hey, God doesn't need a bodyguard. Mm -hmm. He can handle himself, right? Mm -hmm. Why are Christians so concerned about... God's name. And this is where Luther goes in an interesting direction for me in the large catechism. Normally when I start talking about God's name, and we'll do this in the next episode, in the Bible, mm-hmm. the the name is the content of a person's character. Mm-hmm. Right. And we we've kind of kind of gotten into an area of civilization where you just name your kids, whatever you want to name, mm-hmm. whatever sounds cool, right? Just did that three weeks ago. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Pick it out of a book because it sounds good. And we, we missed out on Tyrone Bow. We can have Ty Bow. <laughs> Ty Bow. Uh, stuff like that, right? Yeah, right. Uh, I, at least during the older generations, I mean, I grew up with having a plaque of what my name meant, mm-hmm. right? And all my cousins did and friends did. And even further, you were named after a relative or you were your, your name had significant meaning. We've lost that. But that's where I would go in teaching about this, and I have gone. Luther ignores that completely. God's name is valuable to us because God has given us his name in baptism. That makes up the bulk of the content of the first petition in the large catechism. You're concerned about God's name because it's part of your identity. Mm-hmm. And so you've been you've been given God's name in baptism. You've been mm-hmm. baptized in the name of the Father, Son. Into the name of the... Yeah. yeah. Well, and, it, and even Revelation, it reveals to us how powerful the name mm-hmm. of God are. And we should kind of say names because there's multiple names for oh. the great triune God that we serve. And there's even a name for Jesus that no one knows but himself, as it says in Revelation 19. Oh. So th- obviously names are powerful. And it's funny because when I named all four of my boys, I was extremely intentional. And actually a lot of prayer and research mm-hmm. went into every name because I wanted it to mean something significant mm-hmm. for each one of my boys. And it's funny how that's actually played out in their personality mm-hmm. where that's been a really kind of a neat thing for me. But um, yeah, it's it's interesting as we think about names, I think that even words in general in our society have kind of lost their meaning and their potency because for some reason, words don't seem to matter anymore. Mm-hmm. But it's funny, the more I grow in the Lord, the more I feel that words do matter. Yeah. yeah, And that words are extremely important, especially in describing the great God who saved us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One, well, you have, so the value of God's name given to us in baptism means that we are God's children, John 1, 12. 
to those who believed in him, he gave the right to be called children of God. Uh, we have uh, God's willingness to identify himself with us and connect himself to us. That's the, the power of baptism, Romans mm-hmm. 6, that baptism is our connection to Christ's death and resurrection. Yeah. And, and the God of the universe saying, this, this person right here is mine. Mm-hmm. But then everything that belongs to God is given for our use. It's, it's the wonderful blessings and it, that connects us back to prayer. Yeah. We're praying mostly because we're anxious or troubled. Uh, in Romans 8, 16, and 17, Luther highlights this. Everything that belongs to God serves for our use. Yeah. And he's given us the, the work of his creation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, especially for this petition of the Lord's Prayer, it gets our eyes off of ourself. Yeah. And it gets it onto the Lord. And mm-hmm. it gets us on to the God who saved us, the God who is holy. Mm-hmm. And, and so right away then, with looking at how we profane God's name with our words and our works... Mm-hmm. The Lord's Prayer, just like everything else, is orienting us to a position of repentance. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. You pray, hallowed be thy name. Just like the Ten Commandments, it's an opportunity for self-examination. Has yeah. God's name, have I been making God's name holy? Mm-hmm. How important humility is in the life of a believer, you know, because obviously humility comes out of mm-hmm. a genuine sense of repentance and yeah. confession. And mm-hmm. just how how even the Lord has stressed that in his word, how important that quality is for believers in Christ Jesus. And it begins by getting our eyes off of ourselves and onto him. Nope. Mm. Look to God for everything we need mm-hmm. for life and salvation. Yep. Yeah. What follows yeah. is vocation. Yeah. Yes. Live your connection. There it is. Live for your neighbor. Yep. yep. Good. Good stuff, guys. Um, we should wrap it up here. Well, I just happen to have a verse. Shock. Really? Stunned. I thought this would be good to read this. Isaiah chapter 6. Uh, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings, two with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to the other and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also, invite a friend to check us out on iTunes. Please join us next week as Pastor Jason, Pastor Brett, and myself continue our discussion on the first petition of the Lord's Prayer. God bless you and have a great week.